Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This is NBA Today, live from Los Angeles. Ahead on a jam-packed NBA Today, yet another 50-burger, this time by KD. Plus, an update on Kyrie's situation, and the Lakers got rocked by the reigning Western Conference champs. Could the return of a healthy AD turn things around? Plus, what a matchup tonight. MVP candidates do battle. We've got you covered. Previewing Embiid and the Joker, NBA Today starts now. Welcome into NBA Today. I'm George Sedano in for Malika Andrews this week. She'll be joining us in just a moment here with Big Perk, Cheney, and Ramona, and of course some others joining us in just a bit. But we've got to start with Kevin Durant and the show he put on yesterday. Let's take a quick look here, a home game. So no Kyrie on the court, which uh, we'll get to in a sec, but KD stepped up, no problem. He dropped 53 on the Crosstown Rivals. He also had nine dimes in the win. Brooklyn squeezed past New York 110 to 107 thanks in large part to KD's 19 for 37 shooting. Here's KD in the post game after his big performance. 53 just where, where did that come from and did you feel did you feel that coming into the night? Uh no nah, I mean I don't really like to predetermine what I'm gonna do out there you know I just try to go with the flow and do what's do what's requir required of me out there and I felt like tonight, uh, you know, we were shorthanded a bit um, in the scoring department. You know, I didn't want us to get stagnant on the offensive side of the ball, so I just put up a lot of shots tonight. And now, as we mentioned, Kyrie Irving was in the building. In fact, he was sitting courtside. There does seem to be a fair amount of pushback right now on New York City's vaccine policy and the bizarre loopholes that players, fans, and everyone in between have pointed out. Here was Kyrie's teammate Kevin Durant on, let's say, the unique situation. It's ridiculous. Like, I don't understand it at all. I mean, can't, as it, every, it's a few people in our arena that's unvaxxed, right? Like, they lifted all of that in our arena, right? So what's the, I don't get it. At this point now, somebody's trying to make a statement or a point um, to flex their authority. Um, but, you know, everybody out here looking for attention, and that's what I feel like the, the mayor wants right now, some attention, you know. I like that jacket KD's wearing. By the way, we welcome in now the host of this show, NBA Today, Malika Andrews, who's live with us from New York City. So, Malika, you were there on the sidelines for yesterday's game. Can you walk us through how Kyrie ended up there sitting courtside and what went into all of that? Yeah, so George, remember, key to NYC was the overruling law in New York City, and that means, meant that vaccines were required for anyone who was going into Barclays Center, right? But then that was repealed in the last couple of weeks. So now what is keeping Kyrie Irving from playing in Barclays Center is a private sector mandate that says that employees in New York who are working in New York, they must be vaccinated. So Kyrie Irving is able to be in Barclays Center. He's able to roam around. He was in 
in the locker room at halftime, but he was sitting not on the bench where he would be as an employer, but in his own season tickets that he bought when he first became a Brooklyn Nets. So you can see him there with his wife. His sister was with him. I caught up with him for a couple of moments. We chatted. He was in good spirits, and the overwhelming feeling around the organization is eventually Kyrie Irving is going to be able to play in Barclays Center, but that hasn't happened yet. So for now, he's sitting in his own seats. And you heard Kevin Durant. They all think it's a little bit silly, and the visual optics here, it does seem a little bit off that unvaccinated players who are visiting can come and play, but Kyrie Irving can't because of this mandate. It certainly is odd, to say the least, for sure. All right, so let's get to something. You, you mentioned, obviously, getting back to playing. So let's talk about Ben Simmons. He's part right. of that big three in Brooklyn. What's the potential of Ben Simmons's return, and is there a potential date? Well, so no, there's not a potential date, just first and foremost. But I spoke with Sean Marks, the general manager of the Brooklyn Nets, yesterday, and he said that Ben Simmons is making some progress. He's able to start jump shooting. But remember, George, he cannot yet run and he can't sprint. That's pretty key to getting back on the basketball court. And the way it's been described to me is the progress hasn't been linear for Ben Simmons. He's been dealing with this back issue since right around the trade deadline. He's been working. He did have a setback initially that the Brooklyn Nets have already talked about. I know that he has not had an additional setback. That's what Sean Marks said. But the progress, it just hasn't been linear. It's been slow. They are holding out hope that he's going to be able to return at some point in the regular season. But as you know, George, time is ticking. Oh, there's no question about that. Malika, thank you so much for hanging out with us. We'll hope to see you very soon. Thanks again. Thank you. There she Appreciate is. Appreciate you, George. Malika. Yes, thank you. There's Malika Andrews. So if the playoffs started today... The Nets would be in the eighth spot. They've got about a game and a half cushion on the Hawks and the Hornets, while the Raptors are still two and a half games in front of them in the seventh spot. So let me ask you guys here what's going on. We'll start with you, Big Perk. What's more important, getting Simmons back or Kyrie being able to play all the games? It's Kyrie being back full time. I mean, when you look at what him and Kevin Durant are capable of doing, like we're talking about two of the most prolific scores to ever play the game of basketball. And then what Kyrie Irving did to James Harden in Philly, I'm not even talking about the offense. I'm talking about picking yep. them up full court, just that dog mentality. It was, a, it was a different approach. That's why I apologized to him and did everything I did after that game. But here's the thing. What's going on with Ben Simmons? You know what I mean? Like, you've been out since June. You, you haven't been doing enough hip lifts, a couple band slides. Like, what's Band walks? Yeah, what's, what's, <laughs> what's really going on over there? Like, it, it, it's starting to be, you know, disturbing to hear this because I'm like, hold on. First, you know, mental health is one thing, but now you get traded, you're in a completely different situation, and now we're talking about your back? Like, well, you had though. Yeah, and also, you know, going into Philly, making that return, that looked like a step forward for Ben Simmons. You would think that, okay, maybe he's more inclined to play, but now we're hearing that maybe that's not even soon after having that March 10th, you know, de deadline that we all were looking forward to that he didn't, you know, play in. But, Perk, you know it's going to be a good day because I woke up, your girl worked out, <laughs> and we agree. So this week Whoa. is going to be fantastic. Yeah. And I do think that Kyrie is very pivotal for this team to have a championship run this year just because what have we seen as of late? The Brooklyn Nets with Kyrie Irving have won three out of the last four games, and in those games, he's averaged about over 32 points per game. I mean, he's locked in to playing. Now, yeah, circumstances will have to change for them to really see that come to fruition, but I'm looking at a team that knows their two stars in Kyrie and KD. They know it. That, I mean, one of the most beautiful things is that you don't have to run offense for those guys. They go out there and they hoop. One night it might be KD for 50. Another night it might be for Kyrie. Those 
two, when they're available, they can really be potent come playoff time. Ben is still the question mark. Yeah, I'm, I'm with both of you guys. It's it's Kyrie playing full time, and I and I understand Kevin Durant's comments. Like it feels personal to Kyrie because this is his world that he's living in every day, and it it does feel hypocritical to, that unvaccinated fans can be sitting in the stands, but Kyrie ha can't play. But here's the reality of the situation: there is a law on the books, and there were people who were fired because of this uh. law all throughout all throughout New York. So you can't just say, oh, it, it, this looks hypocritical because of Kyrie for one player. Laws in this country apply to everyone. Right. And so if you have to change a law, which was done at a different point in the pandemic, was done by the previous mayor, you have to have, it takes some time. Things don't happen that quickly. It's not just about dropping a public health mandate here. This is actually changing a law which affects all these other people in the private sector. And so I'm under the same impression Malika was saying that there's this expectation that it will change, but how is it going to change? When is it going to change? Things, laws don't change overnight. And in regards to Ben Simmons, I mean, you heard Malika say that he's not even running, yep. right? Like that, <laughs> that's a pretty key part in trying to play yeah. basketball part, last time running. I checked. So like, when you're asking what's wrong with Ben Simmons, the fact that he can't really sprint yet, I think is okay, something. And here's the thing that I'm getting to the bottom. Like, he was running, he was playing, he was looking really good in his in his ramp up. Right. And then he had a setback with his back. My sense was that this is a common thing that he's had with his back for a while. But if this is... This is now a couple weeks since that setback. Well, no, he had, I, had, I, I, he had, had back spasms, yeah. though, number, a number it's of times. before, yeah. Uh, I remember covering a, a multitude yep. of games that I've been at on the sidelines with him he, dealing with back spasms. Yep. So this is a potentially, I'm not saying yep. they're correlated, but it, it, it's been Be issues with him in the past. Because athletes don't, that don't run for a long time, when you reacclimate yourself to not only running right. but also banging, yes, this seems normal, but if this is more characteristic, it could be a little bit more alarming. And that's, and that's what I was saying when everyone was like, oh, you know, the Philadelphia 76ers, they got the, they got fleeced and the Nets got the better deal because I'm like, when Ben Simmons comes back, people have to realize you have to adjust to the pace of the game. Like, mm -hmm. you don't know what your body is going to be able to take. And right now, the Brooklyn Nets are in the playoffs. And we're talking about play bringing... In. No, but <laughs> it's the playoffs. For, right, right. The play-in, <laughs> yeah. but they got to play playoff-type basketball. So you're talking about bringing a guy that hasn't played since June, and you're putting him in this type of high competitive level of play, and you're saying, like, go out there, and, he, and he's dealing with back issues? But I, I, I just don't know. I don't want to question a guy, you know, when they say they, that they injured, but it, it's... Uh, yeah, it, it'll be fascinating. It, I, I think it's in everyone's best interest, if he is going to play this yeah. season, to your point, Perk, that he gets a little ramp up here in the regular season. All right, still to come here on NBA Today, the international man hey, of mystery, Coach Schmitz, is in the house. Schmitz, he finally baby. back in the States to tell us which tournament prospects you should keep an eye on. Don't miss that, and don't miss our discussion on Lakers star Anthony Davis. Oh, here we go, Perk. Return, and will it Lakers. instantly turn the Lakers' woes around? <laughs> Plus, over the weekend, Coach Pop becomes the all-time winningest coach, a celebration for the ages. We'll dive into that. NBA Today rolls off. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely.
You're watching NBA Today, live from Los Angeles. Welcome back to NBA Today. On Friday, the Spurs beat the Jazz 104-102 to give head coach Greg Popovich his 1,336th career win, passing Don Nelson for the most all-time. There have been only four coaches to stand atop the record books in this category. Red Arbuck, Lenny Wilkins, Don Nelson, and now Pop. With more, here's our own Michael Wilbon. Pity the poor soul tasked with getting Greg Popovich to take a bow for becoming king of the hill of NBA coaches. That's what he is now, the coach who has won more games than any in NBA history. More than Chuck Daly and Red Holzman, more than Jack Ramsey and Dick Mata, more than Red Auerbach and Larry Brown, Phil Jackson and Pat Riley. The names surely are more impressive than the numbers which for the record is 1,336 victories. Pop already held the record when you combine regular and postseason wins, and now he owns both overall and regular season wins, having just now surpassed Lenny Wilkins and Don Nelson. It's difficult to imagine Pop doing anything other than crediting his players, and there will be at least four Hall of Famers among them, his array of assistants and his mentors. It's winning, it's the camaraderie, it's the teaching and lessons learned, and it's the journey that matters to him a million times more than individual records or numbers piled high. You earn this, you deserve it. Uh, really happy for you. But there's a couple things I gotta say. Number one, <laughs> that was number one, uh, <laughs> we, we're gonna be, practice some next week because i Okay, there are some numbers that matter like five NBA championships won in 26 seasons, all of them with San Antonio. A distinction which sets him apart from just about all of his Hall of Fame peers and every one of the coaches in the top 20. Yes, the ping pong balls bounced San Antonio's way to give him Tim Duncan. I would love to uh, just play for as long as I can for Pop because he is like a god, basically. You are so consistent this year. I'm trading Tim Duncan. We're trading Tim. Oh, really? We're going to be traded by July 10th. Still, all that winning was accomplished in one of the NBA's small markets without big free agents parachuting in without Duncan or David Robinson looking to bring in celebrity friends to form a big three or a super team. It was done with Pop, not the team superstars, making the demands. TD, what, what are we in? On pick and roll, what are we in? We're in hedge, let's go. If you see that and him just, you know, taking it and not going back at him because he was the franchise player, I said, okay, if, if he takes it out, I can take it too. It was done by making smarter draft choices, usually at the back end of the round, and more thorough scouting, much of it thousands of miles away than other teams. Nearly as important to his legacy of winning and globalizing what a championship team can be is hiring the league's first full-time female assistant coach and winning a gold medal with the U.S. Olympic team at a time the rest of the world is closing in on American basketball. No matter who may catch him in the years ahead in wins, Pop's place in the history of basketball is cemented. When I sit back, which I'm able to do now since I've been here so long, and think about these guys and the teams that we've had, I think the, the memory that I'll enjoy the most is when they celebrate with each other uh, after each championship. Uh, they've got a lot of 
lot of uh, pictures that I've framed at the house, and most of them involve uh, a great photo of them making a play and celebrating with each other, uh, because that joy is pure. Uh, there's nothing else uh, like it. And congratulations to Coach Pop. Here are a few notable numbers for the all-time leader in wins for a coach, Greg Popovich, who coached 199 players in his career. His largest margin of victory is 51. The team he's beaten the most, the Grizzlies, with 70 wins against them. And he had three different 18-game win streaks against an opponent. From the NBA's all-time wins leader to the wins leader in your house, the ESPN Tournament Challenge Marathon continues. And look at how many brackets have been created so far. Look at that. Over 5 million and counting. The next stars of the NBA will be on display for the next three weeks, so we had to bring in a star of our own, ESPN draft analyst, NBA draft analyst, of course, Mike Schmitz. All right, let's get to the player you're most excited to watch here in this tournament. It's Keegan Murray out of Iowa. I just left the Big Ten tournament in Indy, and he convinced me that he's not the best prospect, but he's the best player in the country, okay? And this is a guy who averaged seven points a game as a freshman. He had one D1 offer out of high school, but I love his versatility, okay? 6'8", and you can run him off of screens like this. He's a lights-out shooter, 40% from threes, and the top five in the entire country in scoring. Oh, and then he can handle as well. He's a modern forward. He can push on the break. And then look at the bounce here, Ooh, the length. 7'1", wingspan, 6'8", really fits that modern NBA. So he can shoot it from three, he can handle, he can get his own. Oh, and then he does the little things as well. Watch this, okay? Look at him read the ball from the corner, and then the game-winning wow. tap-in. Like, that's length, that's athleticism, that's instincts, that's presence of mind. And what I love about him, above all else, he is a silent assassin. Think Tim Duncan, Kawhi Leonard. Okay. Shot in your face, shot in your face, shot in your face. No smile, no yeah. celebration, stone-cold killer. Interestingly enough, we just came off a Spurs uh, feature about Greg Popovich, so who knows? Maybe who the knows? Spurs can be in that particular area and they get lucky with him and get another silent assassin like those guys. Who's the guy whose stock could rise the most potentially in the lottery with a good tournament? I think it's Jaden Ivey out of Purdue, and he's the most dynamic electric guard in the entire country. We have him mocked in the top five right now, but if he leads Purdue to a Final Four, you might hear his name up at number two, number three, and it's the speed, it's the explosiveness, slow and relaxed to boom, shot out of a cannon. So think Russell Westbrook type of frame, but Ja Morant type of burst. Okay, I remember being at this game at the OBC tournament. I also just watched Jaden Ivey out at the Big Ooh. Ten tournament. The bounce, the slow to fast, the burst, the shiftiness, there are some similarities, and the pick and roll pace as well. The cross jab, getting wow. downhill, the setup. He studied John Morant because his mom, Niall Ivey, coached John Morant his rookie year in Memphis. Wow. So he is meticulously looking at every single move John Morant makes in pick and roll. Now, he needs to improve his floor game. He needs to improve his tenacity defensively because Ja, he's a connector. Yeah. He's a guy you want to be around. You want to battle. You want to fight for. You want to go to war for. Jay Ivey, we're still figuring that out about him. Yeah, no question about it. I mean, that it's just incre incredible stuff in this tournament. I think it's going to be a wide-open tournament. I can't wait to see more of it. And I'm sure we'll have more breakdowns from you coming up over the next couple of weeks, man. Thanks for stopping by.
Always so appreciate, it. appreciate it. I want to be this guy when I grow up. He travels all around the world. I'm, I, I mean, not that I'm <laughs> complaining about being in L.A. But anyway, still ahead here on NBA Today, or should I say NBA Tonight? What a showdown later this evening. Jokic and Bede will preview the MVP matchup. Plus, over the weekend, the big ticket got his jersey retired in Boston. Kirk and I were both there. There was a surprise appearance at the game as well. And the Lakers are desperate to get AD back. When he returns, do the Lakers become the most dangerous lower-seeded team in the playoff picture? We'll discuss all that shortly on NBA Today. We're rolling on. Just Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Live from Los Angeles, welcome back to NBA Today. Yesterday, the Lakers took on the Suns, and to put it kindly, not the best result for the Lake Show. Here in the first <laughs> quarter, six minutes to go, Ooh. LeBron gets the Ooh. pass tip by Jay Crowder. Here come the Suns. Campaign. Finds Mikhail Bridges for the layup. And I'm in. disappointed. Why didn't you say, here comes the sun? Oh. No. Come on now. Here comes Russ. Gets I'm his young, pocket but pick. still. And here comes Devin Booker in transition. Layup and in. I and like that he always goes for the layup, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, watch. You'll see some dunks Business here in a decision. moment. Yeah, so here's Booker. Mm, go up get top it. for the big fella. Go get it. Sun's up big here, as you see. And here comes LeBron. Going the other direction. He gets his pocket pick. Ooh, Devin Booker playing the lane. Then yeah. he goes up for the dunk. This is, this, is, oh, go ahead. this is less about the Lakers being bad and more about the Phoenix Suns are really good oh, yeah. basketball team. And taking yeah. every opportunity each player to improve. So here's Booker again playing the lanes. Mm. They're the most complete team in the league. Yeah. That yeah. was a little soft dunk right there. What <laughs> d- d- a good nicely. smile. Yeah. Killing me softly there is what they're saying. <laughs> oh, the know that one. I think when we uh when we get down uh, we've lost so many games that uh, uh, we feel like we can't get out of the hole um, at times. And, um, you know, as a, as a collective unit, we haven't been in the, the foxhole enough to be able to say, OK, we can get out of this. And, you know, that's something that's, that's hurt us all throughout the season. Does getting 80 a guy you have been in the foxhole with, like how much will that Yeah, fix? I mean, it puts a Band-Aid on some things. But, I mean, we, we just haven't had enough chemistry, enough time with our group to be able to know exactly who we are and what we can become and had enough minutes on the floor. It's challenging for us, but 80 definitely helps. But it's not the, you know, uh, you know the, the answer to all the, to all the questions. Back here now with Matt Barnes, Ramona, and Cheney. Obviously, the Lakers struggling to tread water as of late. Could AD and his return be the magic potion that helps the Lakers? <laughs> Why are y'all laughing? Uh, to become the most dangerous team come playoff time. Because, look, when AD spoke yesterday before the game, he said he feels good, and he's, quote, very optimistic about returning for the fight to stay within the playing game. So, Matt, we'll start with you. Like, could he turn them into this dangerous (laughs) opponent? It doesn't seem like (laughs) you feel that way, but I'd love to hear it from you. Um, I don't think so, and I I think I echo echo the same thing LeBron said. I think he is obviously a great piece if they're going to do anything, but I have a couple things. Like, do you really bring him back at this point? 
I mean, what are we fighting for? Are you fighting for a playing spot? I don't. I think everyone knows now. I think the championship aspirations are out the window. Um, but even AD coming back, that doesn't solve their lackluster effort, hustle, like looking like United don't even want to be out there. Look at hustling back on defense and transition. These guys just, and I know they do want to be out there, but they look like they don't. The way they're playing, they're, they're, their energy and their body language is telling me more than anything they can tell me pre or post game. They just don't look like they want to be there. I think this has been a miserable season. No one thought it would work out this way. And if, 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 if I'm management, do I really want to bring AD back? Because that wasn't just your average. That was a terrible, terrible sprain, sprained ankle. Do you really want to bring him back to just to wiggle around in the plane and maybe the first round? Well, he also gave Phoenix a little bullets and board material the day before yeah. when he said, well, we were beating them before I got hurt last year in the playoffs. And he's right. They he were. He said they got away with one. They got away with one. Yeah. Okay. And Devin Booker heard that. Oh, the whole Suns team yeah. heard that. Yeah. And uh, CP was hurt, too. Remember, he couldn't yeah. lift his show. So, uh, I mean, uh, look. I covered that series. I was there. He's right. They they had a beat on Phoenix mm -hmm. at that point. Okay, and then AD got hurt, and they were, and everything fell apart. But Chris Paul also did get healthy after that, and Phoenix is not the same team. They're better now. Way better. And the Lakers are way worse. I mean, when you <laughs> saw that last night, that defense. Yeah. Matt, you're a defensive-minded player. Yeah, it was, it was just because I had to come I, here. When you watch them play defense, yeah, I had to come here and cover the game, and it was oh. just like these guys. They don't care to hustle back. They don't care to make the extra effort. They don't even care to run and put a hand up at open shooters sometimes. And Matt, you never quit on plays. Yeah. Like you were too competitive, right? Yeah. You might have a layup, but like maybe your footsteps make yeah. someone think yeah. twice. And there are a lot of people quitting on plays like that. I just think defensively, it, I mean, I look down in the third quarter. I'm like, wait, it's only the third quarter? How yeah. many points does Phoenix have? Yeah. Like, I mean, that is just from a from an effort standpoint in that first quarter. That was unacceptable. But I, I think I think Matt brings up a really good point. Like, do you want to risk bringing him yep. back just to mess around in the play-in and potentially get to the playoffs? Because at this point, you'd have to play the Pelicans maybe, and the Pelicans have been playing better as of late. The T-Wolves, which, by the way, I love them as a dark horse or, candidate. Or, or even worse, the Clippers. Oh, yeah, or the Clippers them. who, yeah, have beat seven them seven row. times in a row. 32 so out of the last 40. Three out of those four teams, <laughs> mind you. City. Yeah, yeah. Three out of those four teams that I just mentioned are trending <laughs> upward, and the Lakers are the one that are not you know, so it's a really difficult position to put your star player in just for hopefully a win or two and to like salvage playoff hopes. But we all know this city, right? And this city is championship or bust, and I would not risk the potential future championships and LeBron James's career just for a momentary, you know, glimpse of the playoffs. I say this all the time, and I think obviously they had lightning in a bottle in 2020 when they were able to win that uh, the pandemic championship. But in Shanae, you could speak to this. You can't rebuild your team every single year and expect to be competitive. Yeah. I think uh, um, uh, chemistry is so much overlooked today. I, everyone wants to look on paper. Look who we got here. Look at the, uh, the Hall of Famers we have. Chemistry is the most important thing for any championship team. And every single year that LeBron has been here, at the beginning of the, when that final horn sounds at the finals, whether they're in it or not, they have two or three guys signed to contracts. Right. And they're building a team every single year. So. That is hard to do. Like I said, they got lucky in 2020 by doing it, but I think now we're starting to see like great names on paper doesn't necessarily, you know, calculate into wins. Yeah, I mean, 12 new teammates to start for the Lakers season, up to 14 now, and then you just look at the, you know, prognosis. That's a difficult way to build chemistry, especially when LeBron James was out, AD was out, Russ was trying to navigate those absences, and then now you have a couple people back. It just has not been a continuous season for them. Yeah, and last year, they were, I believe, 22-7 and seven before LeBron turned his ankle in that situation with Solomon Hill. So, you know, it, uh, we'll never know what that team last year would have been, I guess. Yep. You, know, you have to just kind of move on. But to your point, changing around guys all the time is not the ideal way to do it. All right, let's move on here. Here's a wild stat. 
Steph, Clay, and Draymond haven't played together in 1,005 days. But that's expected to change tonight against the Wizards here. That's right. Draymond Green is slated to return to the court tonight. So we welcome in ESPN Warriors reporter Kendra Andrews. Kendra, what's the excitement level from the Warriors having Draymond back now? Well, George, they're very excited to have Draymond back. As Draymond left the court today after shoot-around, Warriors PR guru Raymond Witter asked him that exact question that you just said. Do you know how many days it's been since you, Stephen Curry, Clay Thompson, have shared the court? And Draymond took several minutes to answer this. As he walked back to the interview room, he leaned on the wall, was scratching his head as he calculated the number, and he got it exactly right. George, as he said, it's been 1,005 days. The entire team has been tracking those days because, as Draymond put it, those three guys, Steph, Clay, and Draymond, are they were the core that built their dynasty. Now, Kendra, obviously they're closer to a 500 squad since he's been gone. So when you look at Draymond specifically, what do you think we should expect from him with such a long layoff dating back to around January 5th? Well, Draymond says that he expects to be under a 20 to 23 minute restriction for the next 10 to 14 days. And he said, usually I'm very much against minute restrictions, but in this scenario, I'm actually welcoming of it. Sometimes, Draymond said, you need someone to protect you from yourself. Draymond said that he also plans on using the next two to three weeks to get his conditioning back, his legs back underneath him, get his quick reaction time back so that the hope is by the time there's about a week to a week and a half left in the regular season, he'll be back to where he was before his injury as the team heads into the playoffs. Kendra, thank you so much for the time. We're certainly looking forward to it. Talk to you soon. Thanks again. There she is, Kendra Andrews, who does a phenomenal job covering the Warriors for us. Still to come here on NBA Today, what a matchup we've got. Jokic, Embiid, MVPs do battle. We'll break that down on the other side. NBA Today rolls on. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. You're watching the ESPN Tournament Challenge Marathon, presented by WebEx. Most of us get a certain number of opportunities. Some of us get more than others. Curry, a high three, got it! The best opportunities are the opportunities that are backed up with belief. Strong belief. It's not just about opportunity, man. It's about someone believing in you. The madness has hit its peak. We're going to be ready. You be ready. And let's see what happens. Let's see what the hell happens. Indeed, we'll see what happens as we continue on the ESPN Tournament Challenge Marathon. Look at that. 5.3 million plus brackets have now been created online on the Tournament Challenge app. We're back here with Mike Schmitz and Chineo Gumake. So, Mike, let's start with you. What's the big head-to-head -head prospect matchup that we should be keeping an eye on this weekend? 
Well, every NBA executive is praying that Gonzaga wins and that Memphis wins because then we get Chet Holmgren, potential number one pick, projected number one pick versus Jalen Duran out of Memphis, potential top 10 pick. And this is a contrast in styles, okay? Chet Holmgren, long, rangy, skilled. Scouts worry a little bit about his body. Jalen Duran, they do not worry about his body one bit. He is like a young Dwight Ooh, Howard. Pivot. When you talk about 6'10", 250, 7'5", wingspan, he dunks everything. He puts a lid on the rim defensively. He has a little bit of Bam out of bio in his game. He's yeah. an underrated passer as well. But this is the type of big that NBA scouts think that Chet Holmgren might struggle against. That's really the only knock that they have is can he bang with a guy like Jalen Duran at 195 pounds? I think it's great when you have a contrast of styles. That's an opportunity to show what you've got. If you can hang, if you're, you know, skilled like Chet Holmgren. All right. How do you deal with the physicality, right? So I'm excited. I do. I, can I put my pick out there? Go ahead. I've got Gonzaga winning it all just Ooh. because you know we've. we've Way got... to go on a limb, a number, the number one overall <laughs> okay, seed. Okay, okay, I but mean, it's for real. Sometimes it takes different generations of athletes to come through and break through, and I feel like this generation <laughs> of athlete might get it done. They're hungry. They need this championship just for the history of the franchise or organization or whatever you call it, the school. So yes, I'm going Zag. See, I'm gonna go with UCLA. They gotta go through the Zags, and okay. that way they, they want revenge I after gone that. With shot pack. last season. I should have so. gone with the pack. All right, let's Arizona. look. It, it's Arizona. The, <laughs> yeah, Arizona's Alum. a good pick, too. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. Not stay, biased. Stay, not biased. Stay. Yeah. All right, it's not often that generational talent like Chet Holmgren come along. Uh, obviously, folks were saying that about Zion as well. Uh, you know, you scouted him. You covered him. When you look at him right now, um, he was on the bench there most recently in New Orleans. There's been a lot of talk about him playing, not playing. He's only played 83 games to this point in his career. What do you believe Zion still has left as far as potential? I think he has a lot if he can get his body right. I mean, his freshman season at Duke was maybe the most impressive season that I've seen from a prospect. I mean, I would be at games and just close my laptop and just be like, you know what? I don't need to take notes. Yeah, like, <laughs> this is this is the guy. He, he's pretty good. It was like a, yeah. a modern shack, you know, with the way that he moved, the ferocity that he played with. And I loved how hard he played. So that's what's been a little bit strange for me just seeing his transition to the NBA because he was this, like, motor guy. He was At Duke, he was this team guy who was really connected to the whole group. And now we're seeing what we're seeing. But, you know, I don't think it's a huge cautionary tale in, in regards to Chet Holmgren because Chet gets it done with skill. He gets it done with length. Whereas Zion, there were always questions about with the way that he plays. Power, explosion, sustainability. How's it going to hold up? Yeah, I remember Big Perk and I sitting there at, uh, at Summer League. And, you know, he was, look, he was on TV that week saying that he felt like he needed to trim down back then. Uh, and we saw that that, that you know, obviously he had Perk the his name, there. and he's like, what's good? Perk is out there. He's out <laughs> in the studio. Big Perk, Perk, I know you're nodding at me because you, we were standing there. But, yep, you know, look, hopefully that. Zion, to your point, can get it together and, you know, we can see his true potential. Now let's switch over to the ladies' side. Who's the young lady? out there in the tournament that you're saying has the best WNBA potential? Look, I would pick my girls out of Stanford all day, any day. <laughs> but right now, a lot of people, when it comes to the number one pick in the WNBA draft, they've got Ryan Howard out of Kentucky. Her name circled just because she's got the size, she's got the strength, and she's got the shooting. And they just came off of a huge, humongous upset of South Carolina in the SEC tournament. A lot of her defensive prowess and just her, her intensity, I mean, that's one big question. Like, how bad do you want it? Well, you saw how bad her team went 
wanted, and she galvanized them to a win. So I'm looking at Ryan Howard. All right, 20 points per game, 44% from the field, you know, can knock down a three. She's someone that a lot of, you know, professional coaches will be looking at, like, okay, will she go wa to Washington, the Mystics, at number one? All right, we'll keep an eye on her for sure. But Thank I love my girls, Haley, Haley Jones and Cameron uh, Brinkto. Yeah, okay. you, you, had to, you had to get it. Listen, nobody's going to say him. anything about you if you don't You're right. put we are the girls champ, up okay? the top of the list. It's defending okay. champs in the building. Exactly, and they'll be, they'll be in the WNBA, too. He can be biased. I can be biased. There you go. All right. Sounds good, Mike. Thank you for stopping by, <laughs> man. Thank you, guys. Always a pleasure. All right. ESPN Tournament Challenge is back. The number one bracket game. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app or scan to sign up. And as soon as the men's and women's fields are announced, fill out your brackets for a chance to win $100,000 in each game. With the position he has the 76ers in, you're seeing Joel Embiid actually lead this damn team. I'm the most unstoppable player in the league. Joel Embiid is the NBA's most dominant big since... Nikola Jokic, the center <laughs> that won the MVP last year. <laughs> Jokic, and he throws it down! Oh! oh what a pass by Jokic! That dude just flat out works hard. <laughs> the big man will be battling tonight. Nikola Jokic heads into Philly to take on Joel Embiid and the Sixers. Embiid is averaging nearly 30 points, 11 boards, and 40. Oh! this season <laughs> as you hear perks back Ugh, while Jokic well he's doing it all putting up big numbers as well 26 14 and 8 these guys have faced each other five times with Embiid winning four of those matchups now let's take a look at the MVP it's that time y'all Embiid is the favorite Jokic not too far behind then Giannis DeRozan and Ja round out the top five so Perk we'll start with you who has the edge tonight I'm going to go with Joel Embiid just because his um ability to, to get into the free throw line. I think when you look at the coaches, right, Doc Rivers and Michael Malone, I think they're going, like, they got that old school type uh, mentality. Well, I feel like they're going to let them go at, at each other. Like, no, y'all got to guard each other. And I think it's right. It's the right thing to do. I think they're going to want to guard each other. And I just think that MB, the way he puts so much pressure on, on the individual that's trying to check him, his ability to get to the free throw line, I could see him getting Jokic in foul trouble tonight. So I'm going with Joel Embiid. Perk, the big men are back. They all back. Big man like balling. I have to agree again. What are we doing today, Kendrick Perkins? We're agreeing. Just, you finally, you look, know, one, wait, I came right to the dark side. No, I'm on the She's right preaching side. preaching the gospel, you, know, you always be looking left when I stay right, okay? <laughs> uh, but I'm going Joel Embiid just because of the reasons you mentioned. 30 points per game, and then he's been, you know, rebounding the ball. And this is the differentiating factor for me, the defense. And so in this matchup, I sort of look at Embiid. What are you going going to do to slow down Jokic. We want to see this five-on-five five matchup, and you're known as the defender. And so far, we've been seeing Embiid take every matchup personally. I mean, yes, that Brooklyn Nets was a disappointment, but did you all see Did you guys see him at the end of that first quarter, or any time he was on the free throw line in the first quarter? That man was dripped in sweat. Like, he cares. And he says, you know what, if the offense is stagnant, I'm going to get to this free throw line, as you said, Perk. So right now, and I think consistently this entire season, I've been on Team Joel Embiid for most valuable player, just based on the out Output, and he did the most important thing. He made himself available where questions were on his health. Well, available is important because they played last night in Orlando. Mm -hmm. He played 45 minutes. They had to go to overtime against the Magic. And I, I checked in because I was like, back-to-back, -back, road home, you going to play? And he said, 
of course I will play. Because mm -hmm. this game has been scheduled. This game has been circled on his schedule all year long. This is a head-to-head -head game. He knows last year he was in the lead for this race. He got hurt, mm -hmm. fell off because he got hurt, and Jokic was excellent. And I think when you come down there, you can look at these stats anyway you want, okay? Jokic has him in field goal percentage. Joel has him in, Joel has him in scoring. Jokic has him in rebounding. Joel has him in blocks. I mean, this is so close between these two guys. So this kind of head-to-head matchup, this is where it, you really start splitting hairs, and this is what voters remember when you get down and, and you decide, okay, which one am I going to go for at the end? These head-to-head -head matchups, these big yeah. games, this is where it's separate. And, and of, in his words, of course I will play. Okay. And right now, Joel Embiid is tied for number one with Luka in usage. Yeah. Yep. So imagine, Luka has the ball in his hands, Joel Embiid does not. Nikola Jokic, Jokic has the ball in his hands quite a bit because they know the offense runs through him. So that's a testament to Joel Embiid's play so uh, far as well. Can't wait, can't wait, I know. Big man ball. Big man ball. All right, still ahead. It was quite an expensive way, ticket to see the big night. ticket. Yeah, man. Got his jersey <laughs> retired. Big Perk was there. I was there. But we didn't have to pony up to get there. All things KG. Next. You're watching the ESPN Tournament Challenge Marathon. Presented by WebEx. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. You're watching NBA Today, live from Los Angeles. That was the all-time moment right there. Yep. As it turns out, anything is possible because over the weekend, KG's number five Celtics jersey was officially retired. He helped lead the Seas to two finals appearances during his time there, including one title. I was there hanging out. Big Perk was there, of course, as well. Big Perk, I'll ask you, what will KG be most remembered for with the Celtics legacy? <clears throat> well, I think he talked about it last night, is being the best teammate of all time. When you talk about sacrificing, like, out of my 14 years, I've never been around a guy like that, especially a franchise superstar guy that sacrificed the way that he did. He was the true definition of losing yourself in the team. I remember, like, the first training camp, I tell people this all the time, the first day of training camp, we had a meeting, and he was like, you know what? We're going to run this offense through Paul and Ray. I'll be the third option, when clearly he was the best player on the floor. But I will tell you something about last night, though. Ray Allen showing up, Yeah, I, has a, I have a whole nother respect for Ray mm -hmm. because, you know, it, it was just a class act. Him and KG hadn't been on best of terms. You know, uh, matter of fact, Ray and the Celtics hadn't been on best of terms. So for him to show up and, and just, you know, put all that to rest was, was huge. And, and another thing, look, it's time for the Celtics to do their part. Wick uh, Grosbeck and Steve Pagliuga and, and all the, own, the whole ownership group. Like, it's time for them to stop being petty because Ray deserves to have his jersey hung in those Raptors as, as well. You know, it's time to retire yeah. number 20 because we wouldn't have won none of those champ that champ won that championship or made none of those runs without Ray Allen. 
Now, I mean, I just love to see first and foremost his, his jersey go up. Uh, but as Perk touched on, I think this is bigger than basketball when him and Ray are be able to, uh, you know, bury the hatchet after all these years. Um, two pivotal parts to a historical run for the Celtics mm -hmm. team. But, you know, I, what I appreciate most is obviously getting a chance to share a floor with him for so many years and just his energy and passion that he brings to the game. Very, you know, unseen these days. Maybe a Draymond Green with that type of energy, but just the, the attention to detail that he went out with and played with every single night, his fire, his passion. Uh, you know, he scared some people before the game even started. So um, <laughs> it was just good to be able to play against something like that and then get a chance to really know him post-career and, and, and do business with him. So really happy for him and, uh, you know, everything he's been through to be able to get his number hung up there. Just his, I mean, when you think of KG, you think intensity. Mm -hmm. yep. I mean, you know, Doc Rivers has all these kind of stories about KG. Like when he wasn't playing, Doc would say, don't, don't even come to the game. We don't want you around because you're just you're miserable when you're not playing, right? And it's so intense. And I, I mean, to to do that every night and every game, no matter what's going on, to have that kind of, I, I mean, you could call it passion. I think it's intense. I mean, I was a little scared too, just to be around. I mean, I was like, man. Yeah. But like, think about his the entirety of his career. This man came out of high school, mm -hmm. back when people didn't do that. I mean, mm -hmm. it was Kevin Garnett, and then it was Kobe Bryant, 95, 96, and that really changed the league. To your point, I remember, speaking of his intensity, yeah. I remember when LeBron, Wade, and Bosch got together, they played first game at your place yeah. against the Boston Celtics. I walked into the Celtics locker room, and KG's pacing back and oh, forth, yeah. and he's hitting his head, and he's going, bleep the heat, bleep the heat, bleep the heat. And I was just like, oh, man, this is game one. Those weren't hit. This Those is were crazy. Tennis. This is just a regular season game. It was crazy. So shout-out to KG that for sure. Still yeah. ahead. If you like winning your office pool, consider sticking around. We've got our Surefire Final Four picks. We'll return in 60 seconds. I'm coming in hot. ESPN Tournament Challenge is back, the number one bracket game. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app or scan to sign up. And as soon as the men's and women's fields are announced, fill it out. Fill out your bracket for your chance to win $100,000 each game. The NCAA tournament is back as we mentioned 68 teams will battle over the next three weeks for the right to cut down the nets and be crowned the champion. So who is in your final four, Chanae? I mean, you guys already know who I picked to win it all. I've got Gonzaga, but in my final four, can y'all bring it up? I believe I have Gonzaga. I might have Arizona in the mix. Was it Kansas? Yeah. And who's my fourth team? Uh, let me think about it. All I know is I got Gonzaga to win it all. There you Period. go. Gonzaga, Arizona, Kentucky, and Kansas. Oh, there we go. Thank you, Kentucky. Go Wildcats. What? Um, surprise, surprise. I'm going with my boys right down the street, the UCLA Bruins, to represent in that Final Four. Another Johnny Juzang, baby! Another Pac-12 team, Arizona, Kansas, and then rounding out with the number one seed, Gonzaga. Okay. I'm going with three of your picks, except I'm rolling with Auburn. Over who? Uh, I'm going Gonzaga, UCLA, Auburn and Arizona, and I'm going with Auburn for the simple fact that you can't you can't count Bruce Pearl out like no. it, well, it, like he raises his level of coaching. Who y'all both have to win it all? I got UCLA because yeah, I got UCLA. I, I, I like they got too much experience. Okay, yeah. you're right. I actually like them in the too. Tournament, experience matters. Yeah. I don't think there's any True. question about it. We see it in the playoffs in the True. NBA. We True. certainly see Shot it making in college I basketball. Mad either. Well. Oh, well, I, I really don't care because I ain't going. You just want to watch and make sure. <laughs> you don't want to make money? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Fill out your bracket on the ESPN Bracket app. We'll be back again tomorrow. I'll be in for more NBA Today fun. We'll see you then. Thanks for watching. Enjoy Jokic and Embiid tonight.